a very warm welcome to our Whispers of the Soul podcast, where we host conscious conversations with a spiritual and soulful twist. We and our guest speakers talk about life-changing events orchestrated from our soul, so that we can raise the profile of our quieter and more softer voice that comes from our intuition. So stay with us for your next soul download. Whispers of the soul. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Whispers of the Soul. Um, we are here with a very fabulous guest, and we are on episode 29. Wow. Can you believe amazing. it? Amazing. Um, I'm Sally. And I'm Sibby. And <laughs> the guest that's joining us uh, is Manya Welch. Um, so we're really excited to have her on, and we will bring her in in just one moment. Um, so a little introduction for you about Manya. Um, she's a multidimensional soul alchemist, artist and guide. She has 20 years experience empowering others to amplify their potential and step into soul sovereignty. A natural psychic, intuitive, her skills started in early childhood. She went on to learn multiple modalities, which supported her own expansion of consciousness before stepping out professionally as a multidimensional soul alchemist. Manu works internationally using her multidimensional wisdom, energy work and light codes to support awakening leaders of the new earth who feel ready to take the next step on their spiritual path. She brings awareness to any limiting beliefs and supports her clients in dissolving these interferences. She empowers her clients to become conscious creators we like that because we create we, conscious we conversations on this podcast yeah. of their own reality and experiences by reconnecting them to their imagination and creative genius so they can fully step into their soul mission and sovereignty. Wow. So that's a that's an introduction right there. It is, isn't it? Sibby, follow on from that. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Manya, it sounds amazing um what you're doing and really aligned with the kind of things that Sally and I are interested in and our beliefs um um you started to sort of feel that you're or what am I trying to say sort of recognize your um intuition and your skills in childhood um can you can you give us a little story on that how that started um yes so well um it's lovely to meet you both and thank you for having me on and um so yes my um I would say that I started to understand more about my natural essence um, and gifts that were present in childhood. Um, actually, when I was like reflecting and looking back and I started to understand a little bit more about um, how I was as a child and how things really started for me at that point. So um, I'm a, I'm naturally an, intro, an introvert and I think that my introverted nature um allowed me to be a lot more reflective and um and because I was also an only child I developed quite a strong connection to um I would say my higher self is how I'm now sort of seeing it when I reflect mm -hmm. back um which I have done over the last few years um because as an only child obviously I, I was very good then at being able to occupy myself um 
And where I lived, I didn't have many sort of local school friends in that particular area. So I would spend a lot of time in my imagination and I would read an awful lot. And I would also have um, what I now understand to be more telepathic kind of communications. And um, my awareness at the age that I was at made me not very relatable with my peers. I actually um got on a lot better with adults so I kind of actually shut down my expression and I and I actually wouldn't share as much and I felt a lot more comfortable um so I became very insular and it was actually as I started to kind of reflect on this there was aspects then of um, escapism and also disassociation so I felt better to be you know can more connected to the other dimensional planes that I feel like I'd come from as opposed to being kind of fully present in the density of this world um the I also was very creative and part of my creativity has stayed with me. Actually, I've always enjoyed being creative and I, I feel like that was also one of the connections that I had with um, with Source, you know. And it was kind of as I developed more of the interest in creativity, then as I've got older now, more um, it's birthed through a lot more to the point that I can do like light codes and things like that. So it's always it's always been something that I have nurtured with the gifts that I have had. I would say it's taken me a while to feel to have the confidence to step out fully. That was part of my learning because of my expression and the block around my throat chakra was really there right from the beginning of this lifetime and then in childhood. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I understood where I was using escapism and um, where I had to look at being more embodied and grounded and bringing all the fragments of myself back as opposed to like, you know, maintaining on my lofty perch. You know, yeah. he used to tell me you're on your lofty perch a lot. You have to <laughs> come down. And uh, <laughs> that was very much, I would say, where I spent a lot of my time in my childhood and in my teenage. Yeah. It's like an escapism in a way, just, yeah, stepping away from the day-to-day dredge. It's like that balance as well, isn't it, of the solitary you know you're experiencing but also the sharing of and the Mm. you know like coming off your lofty perch to share your wisdom and connect with people it's difficult isn't it to get a balance if you're an introvert and yeah that's right yeah and one of the one of the programs I was running was persecution um and I'm, I'm sure you know obviously there's there's many of us actually that um you know are in this line of work where you know in previous lifetimes we had been you know burnt at the stake or you know um tortured or somehow because of the gifts that we had mm-hmm. and because of utilizing them and so if you run like that persecution program as well then that obviously is contributing to how you're showing up in this lifetime and that was one of the things that I also had to kind of reflect on mm-hmm. um as well yeah I think people can relate to that and uh, that's something that I used to talk about in my own journey I used to say it's about coming out of the spiritual closet yeah there was this sense of feeling um safe to be the person that you are so that others can see you because you you, it's not that you're not the person it's just that you don't always show it to certain people um Manya I just wanted to ask you as well just from you know what you were saying about your experiences growing up and you touched on there about um you know, being a little bit of an introvert, getting into your books, turn into creativity. I'm just wondering for people listening that can, you know, really um, relate to that, how, how it, you know, in your opinion and experience and particularly working with others, how do you feel the role of creativity can help people? Um, because I know you talk a lot about 
the alchemy process uh, through expression um, and how, you know, the energies are all connected in that way. I just wondered for people listening who think, oh, you know, I always love drawing or I always love doing some creative, you know, something creative. Yeah, it's always been my belief that they're working with something else in addition to. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Um, I feel that um, what I find fascinating above all else is that we all start off enjoying creativity. And I'm talking here about the practical aspects of art and colours. So, um, I, you know, I have worked, I've worked across the spectrum, which includes working with young children as well, professionally and um, uh, and even teenagers. And actually, it's a very fascinating point in their life where they shut down to accessing it. Because and I feel like this very much comes from being conditioned somehow um, by society of them not being good enough because it should look a certain way. And obviously that isn't the nature of creativity. And also if they are in an environment and and this includes their home environment where creativity wasn't um, a very acknowledged subject from, say, their parents, then obviously the interest in it will wane off because it's not going to also be encouraged to be explored. Um, And so there's like this breakdown that kind of happens. So we all start off being creative and even the essence of us as being a human is creative because of the, because of our ability to create our experience and our reality, which then touches on sort of the law of attraction. Now, what I have found is that, there is like a very uh, there is this like connection energetically to um creativity and imagination um and allowing the flow to come through from divine source so this is kind of like say like the golden pillar of light which i call the golden thread or the golden strand where we 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 are connected to the divine gateway and it comes through our form so that it can be expressed through our form into conscious reality and creation and experience. Now there can be blocks along this block stagnant energies, which create the blocks. And ultimately it's stopping the stream of creative flow because in order to be able to um, create our experience and our reality, we will all, we need to know what we want. And if what we want is restricted through limitations or conditioned beliefs that we haven't addressed, then we are blocking our own access to our own creative genius by blocking our access to our imagination. Because a lot of us will only create within the confines of um of a of the, of the matrix or of the of the conditioned belief that we hold without seeing that it's a conditioned belief, you know, because they're so imprinted within us and it's been a part of of us since we've been in childhood within this kind of society and so you know what i bring awareness to really is to support where those where they are where where people's blind spots are in their own conditioned beliefs and to show them that there is a creation beyond that and that's kind of where the imagination lies yeah that's that, that i love what you what you're saying there because it's it's certainly um an idea that Sally and I feel as you know also we're creative as as we all are creative people and um that it's a universal human trait but also yeah a way yeah. of connecting to yeah. the divine um I I wanted to ask um actually you you mentioned um as well about creativity and ESP um I, I saw in one of your um Instagram posts I'm guessing your your 
um meaning it because it's it's a way of like commun communicating with um higher forces is that how you um how you see it mania um yeah i mean i i yes i do because i do feel that extrasensory sort of perceptions or awarenesses um naturally lend themselves to connecting more with our formless nature and our formless being so mm. let's say imagination or intuition um and it's um and then obviously through that you're accessing creativity because that that in itself is connected to imagination it's to, it's bringing something through that is existing in a formless state to then bring it through to present it into form and when people have like extrasensory tendencies, they are tapped into that field. And within society, we I don't always feel like we have given enough credit to those to those qualities because the way that I would see it, and again, it comes back to how you know our society has been formed with this sort of matrix construct, which has been lent itself more to more of a patriarchal energy that's not in alignment. So this is more like control that that very much is set up to shut down the us connecting to that and us to connecting back to um our soul sovereignty which is very much lends itself to our uh, to tapping in more into our extrasensory perception mm. now i feel like we all actually have that there are obviously some people who um are accessing that field a lot more easily um and obviously you know these tend to be people that potentially find more challenges in 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 living in in such a denser world uh because we have extrasensory perceptions and by bringing that awareness into their forefront then you know they we mm, there's they can then work with it in their life by understanding more of what they need to kind of always be optimal uh, and and always be kind of reaching their fullest potential which might mean that they have to have more reflection more downtime they have to be more um you know maybe nature more grinding there's like different aspects that have to be more incorporated and, and everything so it's like as you said really everything sort of interweaves sally and, and mm. it's like it's so all interconnected which is why i use this word multidimensional quite a lot with what i do because everything is very woven together that in order to really have the lasting transformation on the sort of spiritual sort of healing journey and this awakening path then there are so many layers that need to be um, explored and, and awareness brought to. So it's excavating more and more and more to, to actually extract and see where that root cause is. And to get there is like there are stages to kind of go through. So, um, you know, I mean, there's there's all different, you know, aspects that come under the multidimensional soul alchemy. So you have the inner child or you have shadow work, you know, which are the common terms, you know, that people are using well you can visit that from a dimensional level of awareness at, at that point once you raise your level of consciousness then you revisit because there'll be something else that you hadn't seen before so you have to keep returning to it returning and returning bringing in these these increased levels of awareness each part of that is an alchemical process of shifting that energy and of dissolving and clearing yeah, mm. I was going to say, Manu, I think that's what a lot of people um, that I'm in contact with that either work with me in the group setting or one-to-ones are experiencing. And it's it's a bit like that that um, idea or concept as well as when, you you know, for example, if you read a 
a quote or a meme and then you come back to it a few years later and you get take something else from it that's a mm. evidence of that consciousness shift you kind of you know you're re-seeing it through a different perspective almost um that yeah exactly that, that feels more expansive rather than restrictive I just wanted to um ask you because I know you've made a couple of um comments there about these sort of old systems the matrix um the very restrictive um ways in which uh we have been programmed in some ways um and then linking that obviously to the new earth um which i don't know if you see the new earth and 5d living as one of the same um but i just wondered if you could expand a little bit on that for people listening because there are lots of information out there right now um, on this topic and this process, this transitional process that people are going through. I just wondered from your perspective, what your thoughts were and um, and how you support, you know, your clients with that. Um, yes. Um, so for me, um, when I'm sort of referring to the matrix, it's, it's referring to this kind of um, this energetic container that we are living within that is, that has been formed by, you know, other energies where their intention has been to control and influence, manipulate, mm-hmm. um, which which lends itself more to the sort of the, the shadow kind of en- masculine energies of patriarchal, um, you know, and, and how I see how I'm sort of viewing it in my truth is that the the pivotal shift that we ex- we're experiencing now at this time is basically the rise of the feminine energy. Now, um, that doesn't matter on the gender, and this isn't also necessarily connected to female, you know, um, entrepreneurs and and females in sort of power roles as well in a very sort of society way. This is the internal energies of the rise of the feminine to restore the the harmony because we've been out of balance. Mm-hmm. And then the, the feminine energies themselves, um, how I view them, is lends itself more to the formless qualities you know the 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 imaginative nature the intuitive natures and things things that there have been a disconnection from that have been very intentionally set up by the matrix because it doesn't serve them um and so so that's how i see that as we enter the new earth we're talking about the rise of the feminine energy within all of us to restore the the balance in the world around us um and alongside that, um, you know, I mean, I could go really down the rabbit hole with with the whole conversation <laughs> around this. Um, there's also, um, you know, how I've been shown things is a very is a synthetic kind of construct compared to the organic flow. Mm-hmm. And there are some souls that have come from more of a synthetic um, lineage. So uh, we talk, you know, I, I could. I, no, I won't really name these beings. It's more like energies. So let's say there, there are these other energies that come through that are very focused on technologies to shortcut things, mm. um, self-gain, you know, very sort of synthetic in how they operate. Yeah. Um, and so that has also infiltrated and and been part of the matrix creation. It's it's come from very a very synthetic lineage. Um of how to manipulate energies and forces mm. so you know as opposed to more of the organic more divine organic flow um and so what i'm what i'm noticing is that 
Mm, there has been generally with with souls and and sort of soul their soul streams or their golden our golden thread that is our connection point there's been a lot of interferences there's been like a lot of hacking or there's been a lot of implants put in um you know there could be seals as well which have created blocked stagnant energies within us and that's been it that's been put in place from these sort of synthetic beings that are operating more in this matrix construct for self-gain and so part of our journey back in order to claim our soul sovereignty is to actually look at um, dissolving, you know, these that have been put in place and to reclaim our soul sovereignty with being very intentional with dissolving all of those non-serving contracts that are in place or any vows that have been taken. Because ultimately, as a soul, um, if we are experiencing anything that is coming from the you know the synthetic sources or matrix living it's because we've allowed ourselves and given that permission for that to have been happening and we won't there isn't that awareness unless that's shown to you by a teacher or a healer mm-hmm. the power of the dissolving of, of these interferences really comes from speaking to the energy and that's what requires to get excavating because it's the uh, it's the magnitude of the correct word so for example it could be abandonment not feeling safe they would be a very much of an energetic signature of a particular word that is then what needs to be used to fully um, dissolve anything that's non-serving in our field. And by doing that, it then allows us to to um, re um, to bring all those fragments back to become holy, as in holy, holy mm-hmm. again which is the mixture of the energies. It's the divine masculine and shadow masculine and the divine feminine and the shadow feminine energies to all return into us. And as we do that, this is then allowing us to birth through 5D living because 5D living or the new earth is going to be born from a collective consciousness of people that have done that healing work and who are no longer fragmented souls, but they've reclaimed every aspect of themselves. Yeah, that's and that was I was gonna because I know when we chatted before the podcast, um, we were talking a bit about this topic about the the clearing interferences because I know that's something that you um, do and work with with others, um, and it's it's interesting to hear um, the way you talk about it because I I think that well as healers I think a lot of us are coming in and on the same angle doing the same sort of thing just perhaps using different terminologies for it uh but i think with the the, with the clearing interferences what what i found and i think i mentioned this to you before is sometimes i've i've thought it's me like i thought oh i'm you know self-sabotaging or i'm doing this when actual fact i've come into contact with something that's and like you say you know potentially given permission to have that experience maybe it's part of my path um that to have the experience that it's not actually I'm not the originator of this interference if that makes sense mm. I'm just wondering for, for people listening that may may find that they're coming up with these repetitions and these blocks and various different things you know how how would they go about trying to work out the origin I think I've, I always feel that the, the the starting point and this is kind of where I, I always start with my clients is to start running um, clearing statements, which are very simple statements to say, yeah. where as you're exploring and doing this work, 
you were ensuring that your field remained as clear as possible because from that the clarity will then drop in because you are allowing the the downloads or that stream of information to bring more awareness um to the forefront mm-hmm. and i am um, it it's always it, you can never jump so you can never jump too far ahead not if you not if you want it to be lasting and it's like it is a journey you know and this journey um is it's always a journey i mean even now i'm still also learning so the first thing is to ensure that the field is clear so that the data and the downloads comes through is um bringing more clarity as to whether this come is coming from you or whether this is external and alongside the clearing there's the shielding and the protecting as well because as soon as you start uttering that you're not going to allow any external energies to enter your field that don't serve like the highest light that will drift away the intensity of that will drift away and what you'll be left with is what is actually internal and if there have been any vows or contracts that are in place, the clarity will come from that. And then that's where we can start removing them. Um, and you can also obviously have like, there are sort of sort of cords attached as well. So then things like that will become clear. And then that's part of the energy work that can then be, you know, be done as the yes. starting point. And that's then before we start looking at, well, who are those beings or what do they want? You know, it that, that will come sort of secondary, so to speak. That gets more advanced. And I don't always feel like that's a necessity. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually starting and doing this work. So um, it's the same as obviously, you know, the Akashic records or, you know, do you know how much do you really need to know about a past lifetime? In my experience working with clients, you can track the programs from as early as this lifetime childhood experiences because they will be on on a repeat. So it doesn't matter so much if you can't go right back to that point of origin or yeah. right back to that connection with that being that is still present, you know, as if like, you know, it's okay if you can't reach that point at this time, you know, you can still do this work. And that's, this is how you start. That's reassuring, Manya, because, you know, some people will have that fear around, oh, what if I can't get there? What if I can't remember that part? What if I can't, you know, to have that starting point and have that um, sense of ease that it's, that you can actually start, start where you are essentially, because um, you know I know I know a lot of stuff that I've discovered with me the the patterns are very much generational you know I see it on both sides of the family uh, certain patterns that are repeating so sometimes it's not even you know it, it sometimes it's there through the, the the history of your your own family your own lineage um yeah, yeah that you can see um sorry Sibby you were gonna ask something. oh I well I was just going to add I love what you said about the words as well um, about a particular word having a type of energy because we we actually one of our first podcasts was um, called the energy behind words wasn't it yes um, and that's yes. so interesting that you could be sort of holding that vibration I guess is what you're saying of a particular word is mm, that right yes. yeah well yes exactly um, so I, I, I would say that I my awareness of this is sort of about words um, and the energetic signature of them has really kind of um, enhanced more over the last couple of years. Um, and I incorporate that a lot with what I do now. Um, and certainly the excavating enough of doing the healing work with clients, you know, once you 
once you um have the clarity and the awareness of that particular word then that's the word that you use in order to dissolve and and it's interesting actually because obviously what words are spells you know when you say them and this really comes from um, ancient egyptian lifetimes so obviously many of us have had um um you know egyptian lifetimes and it was one of the things that they were very uh, mindful and aware of you know they were very careful with how they used their words mm. because words are magic words are spells um and obviously certainly you know once you explore you know rituals rituals and things like that especially that are used by you know the occult and the elite and things like that i mean you know uttering words into spaces um to impact energy i mean it's it's a huge practice that's been you know around for you know such such a long time across many lifetimes um so really yes you know the our ability to then dissolve that from within comes comes from using language and words. Um, going back also to it not being a necessity to remember the lifetime that something was put into place or, you know, who who or what being that was made with at the time, like vows or contracts or cords or anything like that. One of the things then that I start my clients off with uh, clearing statements is to um, at the end to kind of also say um, the words, you know, across all times, realities and dimensions. Mm, yeah. So that on the starting point, even at that point, is obviously ensuring that we're covering the point of origin uh, as well, even within the utterance of the words. It doesn't matter whether there's a remembrance of it. Even yeah. uttering that in the space is enough to, in order to start, you know, being able to heal and do this work and to remove these interferences. I think that's so important. And, you know, I, I saw a while ago there was something that um, a few people were talking about called the, the Declaration of Sovereignty. Um, and that pretty much does that in how, you know, with the clearing of any cords, attachment, vows, contracts, et cetera, that are not helpful across all dimensions or realities. Mm. It, it's yeah. something that, you know, w- when you first kind of go into healing work it's something that doesn't always pop into your mind but I think like like you were talking about using the word multi-dimensional more and more I think people are starting to either come into awareness of or in connection with um, that being a truth and mm-hmm. so it's it's opening up there's this expansion happening isn't there there's this opening up of wanting to at the very least acknowledge that and bring that into the healing work for you know like the work you're explaining that you do manu with the clearing and the releasing um it's yeah i feel like people are sort of catching up um to that as as being part of that process um i know sibby wanted to talk to you actually about your art um yeah well obviously um i love well, an artist as well as all these things yeah <laughs> and and i was looking at um some of your beautiful um cosmic blueprints that you um, yeah. do for people I know we're, we're going to be running out of time soon but can you tell tell us a little bit about how you create those I mean they're really stunning um, yes thank you so yes um obviously having always been creative I'd always use creativity and even then I real I started to see how I myself was boxing myself in um and um, and so as I as I started to do more of you know my own inner work and expanding more of my own consciousness and and everything I was able to start tapping into um you know this like like a higher dimensional field um where I I could extract aspects of um a person's um 
soul blueprint it, it would be the way to put it um and obviously you know because it's you know potentially it's an infinite kind of blueprint schematic basically of the essence and of the energies of what that soul holds um what i what i birth through with cosmic blueprints is an aspect of that where it's basically um it it's like an activation and an awakening for that soul to reconnect to their own divinity um so so within it because it has the light language and it has um obviously even within it it has the geometric kind of uh, um, design and then it also has um crystals and essential oils as well which are all connected to the soul essence so that all comes through like i will download that information that comes through so it's very very bespoke how it will look the colors that get chosen the oils that are used in the paints and the crystals um along with the design and with the light language is all completely sort of channeled i guess would be the other way to say i sometimes use word the word download um <laughs> as well yeah. um where it's then it's almost like an anchor point for that soul so when they use it then for meditation or in their space they are um allowing that gateway and that portal to remain open to their own divinity and if they're very sensitive um you know and have these sort of extrasensory gifts and they will feel it within their aura you know when they're when they're in the presence of it or within the space of the energy of the space of the room um if they're not quite at that point then what i have found from feedback is that then things come through remembrances will come through in dream state when they're actually sleeping mm -hmm. and that's how their consciousness will allow that information to sort of trickle through and what i love about them is that there doesn't need to be as with any art and this is one of the things why i love art is that it is a multi uh, versal language and our our analytical and overthinking brains which we can be more um you know it's kind of like a part of uh, the human condition sometimes i yeah. find can be overthinking, <laughs> over analytical um that can then that by that can block some of the flow now when it comes to art our brain is very accepting that this is a piece of art so we don't have the those blocks that occur we're not necessarily trying to make sense of it. We enjoy it for the aesthetic piece of art that it, it could look like or be. Mm -hmm. So that we we were then allowing that stream to come through. And that's that's one of the reasons why I create these artworks um, uh, with that intention. You know, it's going to allow the energies to come through um, because it's uh, removing that barrier that we can create from overthinking or being over analytical. Um, and art is multiversal. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a multiversal language. It's, you know... It's a very um, higher form of an access point on, on a dimensional level of frequency art. Um, mm. And then obviously with all the energetics behind it too. Um, and so, yeah, my, um, the feedback that I get is that it's a supportive piece for people to maintain that connection to their own divinity of the highest light, um, which supports their awakening and remembrance journey, especially for those that really enjoy the meditation aspect yeah. of daily practice as well. Thank you. Yeah, they are so beautiful. And I know what you're saying about um, the, the monkey mind, I like to call it. And I, I know as a writer, you've got to um, slightly, slightly different, I suppose, because you've got to make sense in the in the sense of you've got to um, have some kind of construct that your words are going to make sense and reach people. But you've got to but capturing that that inspiration in there and that divinity in there as well. So I, I totally uh, empathize with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say as well with the with the light language um 
you know, light language, light codes, this, that's something that people are, are, I guess it's just landing into people's consciousness at the moment. And that's another thing that I found um, working more with the light language. Um, it's been actually quite beneficial in, in that, that feeling of freeing yourself from any inhibitions mm. because, it, you know, we're so quick, aren't we, to say that's right, that's wrong. Um, but I feel that light mm. language is very similar to how you were explaining your art in that mm. it's actually the energy behind it and how you use the energy to to form and shape what comes through. Yeah. Um, whether it's through sound, oh, as I see it really as sound. I mean, I'm I'm a musician, so I, you know the okay, the, yeah. the sound and the frequencies and the tones for me are, are probably more there than the actual shape or set you know when you hear these words and you'll think oh what this this there's an overlap there that might be this that might be that for me it's yeah in another um way of accessing that just be free and just mm, mm. let go of inhibition because I think it's something that people are going to be more and more exposed to yeah. it's great to see it in your art yes it is uh, well light and sound you know I mean it, it is kind of um part of the um the you know the dimensional planes but i think that's the eighth and ninth dimensional uh, you know planes as well so when you access um that kind of codex i suppose is another way of, of you know it is yeah. doing something there is a resonance that like it, it does impact and it does reverberate that like the soul's energy and it can act as that kind of catalyst you know it can kind of shift an energy or the interference out so that it's allowing that connection to happen because yeah. of the nature of where it's come from and because of the codex i mean it's basically it's like quotients it's like codex that it would hold in light and in sound mm-hmm. so as you say there about the music you know it's all very much one at one of the same types of energies that are used in order to bring the awakening or the activation or allow a soul to receive the codex that is in mm-hmm. that is a part of their blueprint you know yeah it's 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 beautiful it's really powerful stuff um i'm just thinking we could we could chat about all sorts of things <laughs> we'll continue to chat about all sorts of things with you but um for people listening if they want to find out more about you uh, mania how can they do that just before we wrap up um uh, yes well i i have a website so that's um www.manuelwelch.com so very simple my name uh, yeah. also google me i'll pop up uh, all over the place yeah. <laughs> um, I am on LinkedIn and I am on like social media so I have Instagram and Facebook and I have a YouTube um, channel um, and obviously they can uh, drop me a message and connect with me so I, I love meeting new people and and um, I always offer like a free kind of mini consult as well so there's no commitment um, and it's a way of exploring uh, working together all of the work that I do when I work with my clients is always customized and bespoke so um, there's, there's kind of like a, a general sort of um, package of areas that will be looked at. And obviously the nature of that um, is something that is customized um, uh, for, for that particular client. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I look forward to connecting with your audience as well. Um, so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that they're going to love this one. And um, I will put all those details that you've just given in the show notes as well um but for now that's a wrap thank you so much for joining us on yeah. whispers of the soul Manya. thank you Manya. Oh, well, thank you for having me <laughs> it was it was wonderful and fascinating thank you thanks for listening so if you would like to connect to us elsewhere in the multiverse well you can you can find me sally 
at thecreativeyou.co.uk or on Instagram as the.creative.u. For Sibby, her website is healingrights.com and she's also on Instagram as Sibby Rights. Lots of love. See you soon. <laughs>